Hey guys, you're listening to the Enough Podcast. I'm Jennifer, a wife, mama four, an author. I love having one-on-one conversations with women, talking about our identity in Christ. But most of all, I am completely in love with Jesus. And I'm Courtney, a wife, a mom, and a West Texas woman with a passionate love for Jesus. We declare we've had enough and discuss how we are enough. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to the Enough Podcast. And this week, we are continuing the series in our identity in Christ. We are enough because Christ says we're enough. I don't know about you guys, but for the longest time, I really, really deeply struggled with not believing that God loved me, but somehow accepting that God actually does love me. I know how unlovable I am. I know how imperfect I am. That is one way the enemy really attacks me. He constantly makes me aware of where I have fallen short and he constantly highlights that for me and puts it in the forefront of my mind and doesn't give me any peace. He's like, you can't be loved because of this over and over and over. So for the longest time, I didn't, like, I couldn't, couldn't understand how God loved me. And when you live in a place like that, it's a very dark kind of poisonous place to be. You're miserable because you are separated from the love of God. And that is, you know, kind of that separation from God is what has been defined as hell. So it feels like a taste of that. So one of the biggest victories in my identity in Christ journey has been the breakthrough that I have had in realizing that yes, in fact, God loves me. There's a story in the Bible that like really, there's a ton of them, but this one in particular is the one I want to talk about today. It really highlights that God loves you even when you really, really, really don't deserve it. So we all know about Jacob and Esau and their story is talked about a lot in Isaiah. So Esau is the older brother. He is very hairy, very manly, goes out, hunts and grunts and really loves food, eating food anyway. Jacob is not the firstborn, he's the secondborn, which is like a big deal. And he's a little bit skinny and he's a little bit shrimpy and he's a mama's boy. He loves being close to his mama and cooking and all of that stuff. And he's also not hairy. Yes, this is important. So one day Esau comes home and he's starving. He's been out hunting all day. And I personally understand Esau's like ravenous desire for food, like literally will do anything for food. I am that person. I am constantly thinking about food. I get where he's coming from. There's a moment where you feel like you might die if you don't eat right now. Um, (laughs) 
hashtag hangry. <laughs> so Esau comes home and he's like, bro, give me some soup. I'm dying over here. And Jacob's like, cool beans. I'll give you some soup if you give me your birthright. Because when you're the firstborn, you have the birthright, you get the father's blessing. It's like all you could want more. And Esau's like, no, I'm not going to give you my birthright. Just give me the soup. And Jacob's like, you gotta, if you want the soup. And he's like, fine, whatever, give me the soup. And in that moment, Esau gave up his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. But their father, Isaac, was probably not going to go down with that. So when it was time for the birthright to be given, the blessing to be given, sorry, it's not the birthright. When it was time for Isaac to give the blessing to his firstborn, Jacob did something horrible and sneaky because Esau had given him his birthright. He went and he's not very hairy. He went and got some wool and put it on his arm because Isaac's blind because he's old and he can't see, but he could feel his arm. He wanders in to see his dad, Jacob, wearing the wool on his arm and says, hey, dad, give me my, my, give me the blessing. And he's like, hold up. And Isaac's like, hold up. Let me check your arm. Rubs his arm, feels the hairy wool. goes, cool. You're my hairy son, Esau. Here's my blessing. Jacob stole the birthright through deception. Doing something like that to me, I don't think I could ever do that. That seems horrible. I, well, I don't, you know, but for the grace of God, there go I. I could do something that horrible, but like, wow, that's so bad. <laughs> then Jacob's terrified because like big bro Esau is a big, hairy, scary dude. And now so angry that he wants to kill him. Jacob has to flee for his life. And then many years go by and Jacob goes through some stuff. He goes through some very hard things. But I'm fast forwarding to the part where he wrestles with God. He gets his hip dislocated in this whole thing. He really wrestles with God. And it's in that moment that Jacob's heart really changes. And that brings me to the verses that like pierced my hardened heart, pierced my soul when I was really struggling to believe that God could love me, knowing all this stuff about Jacob and how deceitful and lying and cheating and deceptive he was. This is what God said about Jacob. Isaiah 43, one through four. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who has formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. That's literally impossible, but God will do it. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba for your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you. 
nations in exchange for your life. He is saying all of this about Jacob. And if he says that about Jacob, then there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Mm-hmm. And there are so many stories like this in the Bible. And it's I'm sharing this one because this one is one in particular that pierced my heart. It was a story. It's growing up in the church. I heard this story. But it wasn't until I was older that something clicked in my brain that like, oh, wow, do you really hear what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, does that make sense, Jen? Well, you know, Am I making any sense this morning? Of course you are. And, you know, I feel like so much of our identity and, you know, I, I feel like 2020, even in, in particular, I feel like mm. literally all of us have had our identity shaken in some form or fashion. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I feel like just in general, a lot of times our identity is shaken when we have voices in our heads um, or when there's a circumstance that happened and it it starts to form an identity inside of us and we start to live in that mistake that we made or we live in that circumstance that's happened. Um, It is such an easy thing to do. And I mean, Maybe there's something that you have just really messed up in your life. And, you know, honestly, every single one of us have messed up at some point in our lives Mm -hmm. because we are all human. So we, all of us have made a mistake. We have all done something that seems unforgivable. This seems unlovable. Um, But the thing Mm -hmm. is, and that's the redeeming part of God is that he already knew about it when he died on the cross. He had, or he's already forgiven us for that. So Mm -hmm. I'm. I want to share that every single one of us need to stop it. (laughs) Honestly, we need to let that go. Yes. And we need to say no, by the grace of God, he set me free of all of this that I have done. He set me free of the circumstance. And by the grace of God, I am not who the circumstance says that I am. I'm not who this person over here says I am. I'm who God says that I am. And we need to Mm -hmm. live in the, in the courage of, and the freedom. Yes. The freedom of what God has done for us and who he says that we are. There's another verse about what God, who God says we are. Zephaniah three seventeen. The Lord, your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you in his love. He will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. God says that he is a mighty warrior to come save you screaming, covered in blood with a sword, like charge to rescue you that you are worthy to take delight in. He actually delights in you. We all know that feeling. It's when we see a really cute puppy and we delight in how adorable that puppy is, mm-hmm. that is God's heart for us. Mm-hmm. You know, this other verse really gets me and I feel like it's very applicable for right now. And it's Galatians three twenty eight. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You know, I think so many times we, we look at ourselves and think, well, 
I'm not good enough as this person over here. We are all equal in Christ. Jesus has made every single one of us unique and different, but that's the way he wants it. He wants us to be unique and different because we are all different parts of his body. We all have a different mission. We all have a different goal. Um, I mean, I guess you could say we all have one goal that it's all should be to honor and to praise him and to, and to glorify him. But he has a different path for each of us. Um, Courtney's path looks a lot different than my path because God has one specific, very uniquely custom made design for Courtney. And he has a different, completely custom made design for me. God is calling Courtney to do one thing in her life and has hundreds, thousands of people that she gets to touch every single day. And they're completely different from the, the women and the people that I touch. Um, and that goes for you who are listening. You have hundreds to thousands of people that you get to touch and that God has specifically said, I want you to be part of this person over here. Um, Don't believe if- the lie of the number of followers you have on your social media accounts directly mm-hmm. correlates to your realm of influence. That really, is a lie from the pit of hell. Exactly. You have influence. Mm-hmm. God saved the one. Mm-hmm. He came, he left the 99 to come save the one. So if you're thinking, yeah, but you don't understand. I only have like 12 followers on Instagram. So like I can't touch anyone. And really doesn't have a lot to do with social media. You know, because no. how many people are you touching in person um, when Absolutely. you go to work, when you go to school, when you're um, going to the store, you know, no matter who you are around, you have a sphere of influence, no matter where you go. It doesn't matter the followers that has almost nothing to do mm-hmm. with it. Um, but God has a specific plan and he's custom made it for you. Um, that's my favorite phrase. And I think our pastor a while ago had said that phrase before. And of course, me being a seamstress that used that tagline all the time, custom made with love, because every single piece of clothing that I made was specific to only your measurements. It wasn't a small, medium, large, extra large, whatever it was. No, it was your custom specific waist measurement. It was your specific hip measurement. I made it just for you. It was custom made. So when our pastor said that, I was just like, it, it sunk so deeply inside of me that God custom made us exactly the way he wants us, your hair color, mm-hmm. your body shape, your personality, mm-hmm. whether you're an extrovert, whether you're an introvert, um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter as far as what you can do for Christ. It absolutely matters. in the fact that God has that one specific plan for you. And the more that we can shake the lies that the enemy is trying to feed us that, well, I'm not doing my part over here because this person looks like they're going a whole lot further in their journey than I am in mine. Mm-hmm. no, we have to put blinders on like a horse, Courtney, you know how they put those blinders on and they can't see anything off to the Heck side. Yeah. They can only see exactly what's in front of them. We only, we need to put our blinders focus. on. Yeah. And focus on the plan that the path that God has specifically uniquely crafted just for you. Um, Jeremiah one five says before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I love that. And I had seen something recently about a woman that when she has a baby in her womb, that baby that's in her womb already has the seed for her grandchild. And that was just so crazy to me because God 
it, it's kind of like a magnifying glass to what God sees. He has such a much bigger picture and it just, it baffles my mind so many times as to how much, he, how much thought he's put into us uniquely. Mm-hmm. The things that we think about ourselves that make us unworthy or unlovable, the things we look at and see as deficits are actually the assets that God gave you on purpose mm-hmm. because he wanted you to have those things to glorify him. Like it, just because you feel shy or introverted doesn't mean that you can't share the love of Christ with everyone and everywhere with everyone everywhere. There are people who won't be touched by the loud, extroverted, in your face yellers. There were people who will actually be touched by the kind, gentle, sweet softness that you have been given on purpose. Comparison is the thief of joy. Satan wants to do everything he can to keep us from believing that God loves us. Because if we don't believe God loves us, then we will not act in God's love. We don't have it. We have been robbed of God's love. But when we truly believe that God loves us and live every single day, like we have been given freedom because we have, we become an incredible weapon for God. We become an amazing tool for the kingdom and It is so easy to fall prey to comparison, but don't compare yourself because it really lets Satan get his foot in the door. And we've had enough of that. (laughs) Amen. You know, we talk a lot about a battle um, and it really is. It's, it's a spiritual battle battle because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And, you know, we talk a lot about battle plans and, we, we always ask that question to anybody who comes on our podcast, because I love hearing the different battle plans. Um, and I know we've talked about this a good bit, but I realized that there's some things that I have never shared. And it was something that really changed my mindset and seemed so crazy to me. Um, my husband had started this back when he was starting to write his book and he would write affirmations to, for himself. Mm. And I was sitting here thinking, okay, <laughs> that's kind of weird. Like, why are you telling yourself you're something when you're not And it? And I kind of had the wrong mindset of what he was actually trying to do. Right. Those things that he was writing were things that he was trying to look at himself as those things that he wanted to change and he wanted to be better in. But so he was kind of looking ahead at what he wanted to be and was writing those things down. And he would say them to himself every single day. It, he might've put it on a note, like when you're on your alarm, when you can put a label mm-hmm. or something on it. Yeah. Put that. So that's the first thing you see when your alarm is setting up, you have an affirmation sitting right there. Um, you can put it on a sticky note and stick it on your mirror. And I mean, things like I'm a woman of courage. Um, I'm not the woman I used to be. Um, mm-hmm. It can be a verse. God has not given the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, Whatever it is in your life that you struggle with the most that you really want to see a change in. Like I am a loving mother. I am an understanding wife. Um, 
it, if you're seeing that constantly, it's actually retraining your mind to think on those things that God is desiring of you. So I have done those affirmations before. And when I was really struggling to believe that God loved me, I wrote on a sticky note and stuck on my mirror. I am loved. He loves me. And it was the weirdest thing. We talk about this being a battle. Every time I looked at that sticky note and went like just through repetition, trying to make myself believe that God loved me. Mm -hmm. Every time I read it, there was this big pushback of here's why you're not. Here's this, here's this, here's this. And it's because it would be so dangerous to the enemy if I actually believed that, that every time I looked at it, I was fed the lies of the opposite. Yeah. Don't let Satan win. Don't let, don't let his foot in the door. You do have to be strong in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Praise God for the armor of God. That is something that helped me so much. That is a big part of my battle plan and my game plan is to put on the full armor of God every morning. I am fitting my feet with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I'm yeah. buckling the belt of truth around my waist so that I may have the strength of God to live truthfully. I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness so that I may reflect the righteous character of God through my actions. I'm putting on the helmet of salvation, which is the ultimate protection. Mm -hmm. My salvation is mm -hmm. my ultimate protection. I'm taking up the shield of faith. My faith will extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. And I mm -hmm. take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit being the only offensive weapon we are given. The only way we can fight is by relying on the word of God. Everything else is defensive weapons of protection. Yeah. And yes, I know that those are out of order and that some of you are very OCD and are like, Courtney, you didn't read them <laughs> in order. The reason that I do that is that I start from my feet and I go to my head and then I pick up my shield and I pick up my sword. <laughs> anyway, yes. that's one of my biggest game plans. Yeah. And we can't let the enemy keep that ball and chain on us anymore. Because honestly, when we're not picking up our weapons, basically Satan has a foothold over us. Like it's a ball and chain that's sitting on our feet that we can't move. It's like, he's, keep, he's keeping mm -hmm. us frozen right where he wants us so that we cannot pick up mm -hmm. our armor so that we can't go into the battlefield for Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm here. I'm yours. Use me as you want us to, because if the enemy can, can get those lies in to make us believe that we are not loved and to make us believe that we're useless, then we will be useless. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what he wants. And you may be thinking to yourself, Courtney, it seems a little dramatic to put on armor to go to the grocery store. <laughs> believe me, I understand like to suit up for war just to go to the Walmart may seem a little silly, but if there's anything that 2020 has showed me, it's that it's an absolute necessity to even walk out of my bedroom at mm -hmm. this point before I look at anything 
before you put your feet media, on the floor, before I even put my feet on the floor, I am not going to be caught without my armor. I am, I, and it's not that I'm putting my faith in the armor. What it is actually is me reaching out and fiercely gripping the hand of Jesus so that I can get through the day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's keeping our focus on him because like we just talked about that one weapon that we actually pick up is the word of God. And that's what's going through our minds. And so all of those, and those lies that are getting shot towards our mind, we can combat those with scripture of, I am redeemed. You have called me my name. I am yours. You know, Mm -hmm. say it, like put your name in those verses and and make it personal that because he wrote those for you. I mean, there's a reason it's in the Bible. It wasn't written just for Jacob. It wasn't written just for Mm -hmm. who was there in the Bible, you know, was reading that chapter at that time or whoever was writing it. Mm -hmm. That was meant for you because it was put in the Bible for a reason. So you are loved, you are enough, and your identity in Christ is that you are God's chosen, beloved child who, and he wants to sing over you. He Mm -hmm. delights in you. That is who God says you are enough of the lies, enough of all of it. You are his guys. I sure hope that this podcast encouraged you just know that Jen and I are sending you a gigantic virtual hug right now, (laughs) squeezing you super hard. And if you ever need anything from us, please feel free to message us at enough pod over on Instagram or enough pod ladies at gmail.com. And remember when the going gets tough, because it will and you don't feel like you're enough, remember you are enough because Jesus says you're enough. Mm